Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, July 28th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, BeantownAthletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, what's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites are going to try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. So make sure you download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. That's right, as in my last name, PICARD. Now, the Red Sox, they just wrapped up a homestand. They got swept by the Detroit Tigers. I'm going to react to that on today's show, as well as talking a little Patriots and NFL training camp news because the Patriots had their first official training camp practice today but if you're looking for tickets to a Red Sox game and I don't know maybe you're a Red Sox fan on the west coast maybe you're going to be in LA this weekend if you are and you want to see the Red Sox play because we know Red Sox fans Red Sox nation might travel better than any other team in the league especially I know we got a lot of Red Sox fans on the West Coast. If you're in L.A. and you're looking for tickets to this series between the Angels and the Red Sox, which begins tonight, David Price versus Jared Weaver. It's a big matchup. Go to the SeatGeek app right now and use my last name, Picard, in the promo code section to get $20 off your tickets. What you can also do on the SeatGeek app is set an alert for the entire series. And you know what? It doesn't just have to be baseball. It doesn't just have to be the Red Sox. It can be any sport. Actually, it can be a concert as well. At any venue, in any city, you can set an alert for any future event, and SeatGeek is going to keep you updated, and they will let you know when ticket prices fall. So you got that, and you can get $20 off by using my last name, Picard, in the promo code section. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert, and it should be the first place you go as well, SeatGeek. So, I will get into some Red Sox before I wrap it up. Uh, But today, since it is the first official day of Patriots training camp with regards to practices, I feel the need to open up with that. Now, I'm not necessarily a football guy this time of year. However, with the Patriots, they have a unique situation going on at the most important position in all of football, the quarterback position. And... I mean, you know what's going on. I don't need to remind you. I don't need to give you the timeline, the Deflategate timeline. Here's what you know. Tom Brady suspended the first four games of the regular season. During that stretch from week one through week four, right, he cannot be at the facility. Tom Brady cannot even have teammates or coaches at his house. He can't even be in contact with anybody. But for right now, during training camp and throughout the preseason, Tom Brady can be there, he can participate, he can be in contact, and that is exactly what he's doing. However, and I wrote this in a column yesterday for the Boston Metro, and I think it's important to stress because I stressed it again last night on WEI when I was filling in on the 6 to 10 o'clock time slot, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. I'm sure there's some things on the website, weei.com, some of the audio that's archived that you can listen to, but if you don't want to do that, I'm going to give some of it for you right here as well for my podcast audience because I feel very strongly about this. I need to stress this. What the Patriots need to do and how they need to manage 
the quarterback situation knowing that Tom Brady's going to be suspended the first four weeks of the season. And I think it should be a simple strategy if you're Bill Belichick during training camp and throughout preseason. You need to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo is as prepared with the first-team offense, with the starters, with the ones, whatever you want to call it. Bill Belichick needs to do everything he can to make sure Garoppolo is as prepared as possible to play with the top dogs, which means you have to make Jimmy Garoppolo the top dog. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I know last year, the way they handled it, Garoppolo did get a lot of reps with the starters and with the ones. Uh, but but still, you know, Brady, it's not like he sat back and watched because, as it turns out, he ended up winning that appeal with Judge Richard Berman last summer, as we know. And, um, you know, Brady was able to play. But now he's accepted the suspension and he knows he's going to be suspended. So it's time for the Patriots to take Jimmy Garoppolo and to say, you're our guy because you're our guy in weeks one through four. In week five, yeah, we're going back to Brady. But to begin the season, we got to go with Garoppolo. That's where we're going. And since that is the case, and since that's the situation the Patriots find themselves in, I I look at how they're going to manage the quarterback situation in training camp practices with regards to who's working mostly with the ones. And I just, I feel like, I feel like the answer to this is simple. I know some people say, well, you can split the work. And today in the first day, it looked like they split the work. Brady Garoppolo, even the third string uh, rookie there, Jacoby Brissett, looked like even he got a lot of playing time today. But still, Garoppolo, Brady, we'll just talk about those two guys. It looked like they were splitting, splitting the reps. I don't think it can be that way moving forward. I think you need to give most of the reps to Jimmy Garoppolo. and. Uh, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, I just think that's such an obvious thing to do if you're the Patriots because Tom Brady has been around this league long enough and he's been successful enough that I can live with Brady sort of sitting back during training camp, sitting back during preseason, and let Garoppolo be the guy, the top dog, right? Because that's what you need. Look. Tom And anybody who thinks Tom Brady wouldn't do that because he doesn't want to maybe feel threatened, if you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to steal Tom Brady's job, you're out of your mind. I know you look around the league and you say it happens here, it happens there, it can happen, you can lose your job. Tom Brady's not losing his job, folks. Okay? I don't care if Garoppolo goes 4-0 and and the Patriots' defense is terrible and Garoppolo helps them win four shootouts and he's the guy that throws four touchdown passes a game and runs two touchdowns in on his own a game. I don't care if he's that good. If, if he looks like a stud and they go 4-0. and He's not stealing Tom Brady's job. Tom Brady will be the quarterback in week five against the Cleveland Browns. And I guess I just trust that even a rusty Tom Brady, even a Tom Brady that might not get much training camp or preseason work with the ones, or might, is not going to get any work with the rest of the team at all from weeks one through four, I just feel like Tom Brady has been in the league long enough and has been successful enough in that stretch where even with some rust, and there will will be some rust. I mean, I just think that would be normal. I'd take a rusty Tom Brady over most quarterbacks in the NFL who are at their A game and are ready to go right out of the gate. I'd take a rusty Tom Brady over a lot of quarterbacks in this league. 
Because I think a rusty Tom Brady is either equivalent to a lot of quarterbacks who have the A game, or maybe even better. So I'm okay with Brady being a little rusty. What what matters to me the most, and I think what should also matter to Bill Belichick, and what it should really also matter to Tom Brady, is that Jimmy Garoppolo gets as much work in with the ones as humanly possible. To me, I mean, there aren't even there aren't enough reps that Garoppolo could get with the ones right now. There aren't. So you gotta give him as much as you can, as much work as you can. And for anybody that thinks Tom Brady is gonna not wanna do this and not wanna take a, a, a backseat to Garoppolo, like I just said, even Brady needs to know the best thing for this team is Garoppolo to, to be as prepared as possible, which means play with the ones as much as humanly possible during training camp and preseason. Because that also helps Tom Brady. Brady knows he's not losing his job. He knows he's in week five against Cleveland, in Cleveland, against the Browns. If you ask Brady, what would you rather be? Would you rather be two and two or 0 and four? Because I think Garoppolo's reps with the ones in training camp and preseason, I think it might make the difference between maybe going into week five, two and two, or 0 and four, or even one and three. Brady, I would, I would think, understands the situation, understands that Garoppolo's playing weeks one, two, three, four, and understands that when Brady gets the ball back in week five, well, the best chance that this team has to make the playoffs and go on another Super Bowl run is for Garoppolo to, to be successful in the first four weeks or to have some success. And the only way I feel like that's going to happen, or at least when, if you want to put him in position to be the best he possibly can, it's getting as much work as possible with the ones right now. I think the priority needs to be Garoppolo as the top dog under center. Even if it means telling Brady, you know, look, Brady's going to do things in training camp. I get that. You're not going to tell him to, you know, wear street clothes and not not come out for any. He's going to work with guys. Of course he is. Again, he knows he's playing in week five. He's going to get ready. But the most important thing is for Garoppolo to be ready right now. Because I know Brady's going to be ready. Right? They might be rushed, but that doesn't mean he won't be ready. He'll be ready. Okay? And it sounds like, and I don't think you can take one day at training camp the first day and judge what the reps are going to look like when you say Garoppolo and Brady split the reps in, in, in the first day of camp. I'm, you can't look at that and judge it based on one training camp practice, the first one. You can't do it. Bill Belichick, here's what he said yesterday. He said that the immediate priority is to get Jimmy Garoppolo ready for the 2016 season. Here's the quote from Belichick. He says, quote, We finally have some definition with Tom's situation, so our priority now is to get Jimmy ready for the start of the season for the Arizona game. So that will obviously be a comprehensive process. Tom will return as a starting quarterback when he comes back, but in the meantime, we have to prioritize the first part of our schedule, and that will be to get Jimmy ready to go. End quote. Then, Belichick was asked for some specifics on the situation and maybe the reps or whatever it is, and Belichick reiterated his point. He said, quote, we're going to get Garoppolo ready the best we can. I don't know how else I can put it. We have some clarity with Tom's situation, and he'll be our starter when he returns, end quote. So that's Bill Belichick, and that's 
he's he's saying everything I that I feel. And for the first time in a long time, I hear a Bill Belichick quote, and I actually believe him, like he's actually telling the truth. You know, the Patriot way can be a tricky thing. The Patriot way can be something that they're not, you know, they're not giving you their game plan. They're not telling you what they're going to do. But since I think we know Garoppolo's playing weeks one through four, Belichick's coming out saying we got to prioritize that. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. It is. I think it's a, so I said when it's simple, it is simple. Garoppolo needs to be the top dog quarterback during training camp. And I think Tom Brady understands that. And for anybody who doesn't understand that, I, I don't know how I can help you. You have to figure that one out yourself. I mean, uh, the Patriots, they're at training camp right now, and it's obviously the top storyline, the quarterback situation. And we're obviously going to keep looking at it day in and day out. But, you know, if they're not going to prioritize Jimmy Garoppolo, then, then they, they wouldn't be doing their job. In fact, speaking of prioritize, I, I think that outside of getting Garoppolo ready, I think the team needs to bring in a veteran quarterback. I do. And I think you I think you're going to see it. Because what happens if Garoppolo either goes down in week 1 or or week 2? What happens if Garoppolo is out there and isn't prepared and isn't ready for the regular season in the NFL and isn't a good NFL quarterback? If he's throwing interceptions left and right, if he tries to scramble and he loses the football, if he's just getting, you know, if he's under pressure and he, it's just overwhelming for him and he can't handle it. What if that happens? What do you do? How short is the leash? Well, you know what? The leash is probably going to be a lot longer if Jacoby Brissett is behind him because if Garoppolo's not ready, do we really expect Brissett to be ready? So you need to get a veteran quarterback. If something does happen to Garoppolo physically or if the wheels are just falling off and you cannot afford to keep throwing him out there because he's a turnover machine and you want to try to salvage the first four weeks of the season to make sure that when Brady gets back in week five, you're at least in position, you know, to to, to either win the division or get a wild card spot moving forward. I think you need to bring a veteran quarterback just to back up Garoppolo. Now, one of the names that's out there, Ryan Fitzpatrick is off the books. He signed with the Jets one year, 12 mil. That that happened last night. Um, I, but did anybody really expect Fitzpatrick to not go back to the Jets? I, It just seemed like it was going to happen eventually. It was one of those who's going to fold first moments. And uh, he's back. And that's probably a good thing for the Jets. Because I think Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. So Fitzpatrick's off the off the. The board. He, you can't have him. But you can have Nick Foles if you want. Nick Foles requested to be released by the Rams. He was released yesterday. And, uh, you know, I don't know what his mindset is. Like, I don't know if he would even want, because he's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if this is a situation he'd want to be in to back up Garoppolo. You know, maybe it's maybe it's not. But, at the same time, you know, if he thinks that you know, if he thinks he could step in, just be a backup and uh, maybe prove his worth. I don't as a as a backup quarterback for four weeks, and then someone else comes calling. I look. Here's the deal: if the Patriots want a veteran quarterback, they will inquire on Nick Foles. I don't know that he's going to want to do that and back up Garoppolo, but Garoppolo is going to be the guy. But the point is this: I think they should bring in a vet, some type of veteran QB. I know that Foles has only been in the league four or five years, if that, but 
you know, he's had some success at the NFL level. And it's why, since he was just released, I bring his name up. I don't know where Foles is going to land. Uh, I doubt it's New England. But it's a name that when you first hear it, you go, oh, wow, I, I wonder if the Patriots, you know, won't quite. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I just don't know. If it's Nick Foles' decision, I'm not sure he's going to want to come back up Garoppolo the first four weeks. And then, essentially, you know, you'll probably cut ties with him after that. But... The Patriots do need to add some type of veteran quarterback. That's what I know. And what I also know is that they need to make Garoppolo the top dog here in training camp and throughout the preseason. And it sounds like, based on what Bill Belichick is saying, that's exactly what they're going to do. And that's that's great news. That's great news. Now, to me, it's like, just get me to week one, right? Just get me to week one. July 28th, I mean, you see the tweets, all, and they got to do it. Look, the Patriots reporters, I know... I knock the tweets that come out with all the practice reports, but they look, they got to do it. That's part of their job description. I mean, I'm sure some of them don't like doing it, tweeting out every single bit of information or, or jotting down every little, you know, detail that happens in a training camp practice. Like, I'm, I'm sure some of them don't like doing it, but they have to do it. And some fans like it. I mean, I just, it's too much for me too soon because the Major League Baseball trade deadline is Monday. And I'm all in on baseball this time of year. And when I'm all in on baseball, I look at the Red Sox, and I see that, well, yesterday they lose to the Detroit Tigers, and they lose to the Tigers three straight. The Tigers sweep them in a three-game series at Fenway. The Red Sox, two and a half games behind the Baltimore Orioles. The Red Sox are in third place. Toronto's in second place. They are two games behind Baltimore. Now, the Red Sox begin a little West Coast trip in L.A. against the Angels. Tonight, David Price, Jared Weaver. I'll react to this game on tomorrow's podcast. Basically, I'll be reacting to David Price's start because David Price, as I told you earlier this week, needs to figure it the fuck out, okay? Needs to figure it out. And my biggest fear right now with David Price is that he's feeling the pressure of playing in this town. And the pressure is just building and building, and building, and that scares me. That It scares me, because I do see and know that David Price has the stuff of an ace. He just needs to put it all together, but I think he's pressing right now, and he's pressing because he has not lived up to the hype. He has not lived up to the expectations. Sure, he has held himself accountable, and that's great. However, when you hold yourself accountable like the way he is, and you, which means you understand you're not living up to the hype of the expectations or the money you're being paid, I think the pressure continues to build inside your chest, inside your, your head, in between the ears. And sometimes in this town, it's tough to dig yourself out of that mental hole. It is. It's tough. Okay? I've talked to players and athletes in this town who have said, you know, it's it's easier to, to get out of any type of slump, whether it be a, a physical issue or just something that's going on in your own head and, you, and, and you're a little rattled. It's easy to get out of those things when you're playing in a town that isn't all over you every single day when you do show some signs of failure. It's tough to pull that around here because you can't escape it, okay? And that pressure builds here more than it does in other places. I, it's, a, it's not, that's not even an opinion. It's a fact. It's, it's who can, it, certain guys can handle it, certain guys can't. 
Am I telling you that David Price throughout this contract is going to be a head case to the point where he cannot handle playing in Boston? I think it's way too early to tell, but I'm just telling you, my fear right now is that we're getting signs of that. And, you know, I, I, I hope that he can bust out of this sooner rather than later. Now, the Angels are in last place in their division. They have 45 wins. They are 12 and a half games out of first place in the West. They are not making the playoffs. All right? The Angels are cooked. And this will be the second straight start for David Price against a team that is in last place in their division. And his last start against the Minnesota Twins was terrible. Twins are in last place. So, David Price, if, you know, if anybody should be taking care of these teams and these lineups, it should be David Price. He's your ace. Now, because David Price has not lived up to the hype and lived up to the expectations and he has struggled, well, that puts a whole lot of pressure on the rest of the rotation. So yesterday, when Eduardo Rodriguez goes out and he gives up, what, three runs? And he strikes out six. I I, I almost feel like given the fact he's the fifth starter on paper, the number five starter, we should be looking at that going, all right, he leaves the game. It's a 3-1 ball game. Gave him a chance to win. Not a bad outing. Let's not, you know, let's let's not look at the pitching here. Let's look at the offense. But at the same time, you got to look at the pitching because he lets up that solo home run, what, in the sixth inning to McCann on a, on a changeup that just stayed flat out over the middle of the plate? Like, it can't happen. And I think in that moment, that pitch, you know, it's just, Everything is, there's so much pressure on all these guys in this rotation to come out and be so perfect. Instead of just going out and pitching and throwing the ball with conviction, they're all trying to, they're all trying to, I feel like, live up to David Price's hype because he's not living up to it. So we're asking the same question, who's the ace? Who's going to be the dominant guy in this rotation? I think they're feeling that as well. And all of that pressure is the reason why I, I want Dave Dombrowski to go out and bring in a legitimate, dominant starting pitcher. And last night on WEI, we talked about Chris Sale, and I told you what I would do. I told you. And I'm not backing down. You call the White Sox, and you say, Mancana, we got a package? Yohan Mancana, ben- Mancana, Ben Attendee, couple other prospects. You want it? Take it. If not, you know, Hang up the phone. I can sleep at night knowing that I offered you Mancata and Benatendi. You don't want that? Fine. Don't have it. Good luck somewhere else trying to get a prospect like Mancata to go along with Benatendi. Yeah, I would trade the prospects. And it's not a knock on Mancata or Benatendi. They could be great players. Mancata could be one of the league's best players in a couple of years. But even if he was one of the league's best players and he could have called up with the Red Sox, you know what we would still be asking in this town? We'd still be asking, how are you going to get some pitching? How are you going to get it? Where are you going to find it? Well, you're going to probably have to dip into the trade market because guess what? Guess what? Last time I looked at the farm system, I don't see anybody that's going to be overwhelmingly dominant as a starting pitcher. So you got to pitch. Even if you keep in God and Benatendi, you're not going to win a championship. you got to be able to pitch in this league. Where are you going to find it? If you can find it now by getting Chris Sale and trading prospects, do it. People talk about the future. Again, Chris Sale's 27. 
you know, you're going to have this kid for a while. And he's going to be dominant for a good stretch here. So that's the future right there. Chris Sale could be the future. How about the three kids that you brought up that right now are All-Stars? They started in the All-Star game. Betts, Bradley Jr., Bogots. I mean, you're forgetting about them? I, I, I just, you know, don't push your luck with prospects coming up being superstars. They don't, they don't all pan out like they're supposed to. And a lot of them are supposed to be superstars, aren't they? Yes. It's like every top prospect we look at is supposed to be a superstar. They're not, they don't all pan out that way. And I just think that for a team that needs dominant pitching, not just any pitching, dominant pitching in that rotation, as much as the Red Sox need it, and you already had a trio, you already have a trio of prospects that have been called up that are all-stars, and at least one of them is an absolute superstar in Xander Bogots. One of the, Bogots is one of the best players in all of baseball, folks. You, you have that. You don't lose that. And if you're Dave Dombrowski, you put your foot down, you say, if I'm giving you Mancata and Benatendi, I'm not giving you a roster player. Now, there was a time not too long ago where I told you that I would entertain the idea, if they needed a roster player, of possibly trading Jackie Bradley Jr. And you know what? If they asked for Jackie Bradley Jr., I wouldn't hang the phone up. But the more I think about it, and the more I, I look at Mankata, Benatendi, and how everybody around the league feels about them, and how highly touted they are, if I'm Dombrowski, I say to the White Sox, this is our package, and it's only prospects, and it's, you know, it, it revolves around these two, okay? If you don't want them, if you're going to hang the phone up on us because of that, then that's your problem, not ours. We know we offered you a blockbuster, king's ransom type prospect deal, all right? And if you don't want it, then don't take it. But that's not on us. And you know what? I would I would be okay with the effort. I'd be, in fact, I'd, I'd be, yes, I'd be fine with the effort if that's what Dave Dombrowski does. And if the White Sox hang the phone up, then they hang the phone up. Then you move on. But I would be offering that to get Chris Sale. I would. I would. You know, it's different if you were getting like a 31, 32-year-old starter who was only on a contract for one more year, uh, right? Or it, it would also be different if, Mankata, if that was a stud starting pitcher, right? If it was a stud starter, then I'd say, all right, well, maybe that's, maybe you bring up, maybe you keep the pitcher. That, maybe that's how you get your pitching, right? Huh. You got to get your pitching somewhere. Mankata's not a pitcher. Benatendi's not a pitcher. If you keep these guys and you end up, go, you, you end up bringing them up next year or the year after that, here's what they can't do. They can't pitch. And here's what you need if you're the Red Sox. Someone who can pitch, and not just pitch, be dominant. If you can go get that guy for prospects, even if they pan out to be great players in the game, you go get that pitcher right now. And you try to win a championship here in the next couple years. All right? And then what you also do is, you know, you, you focus on some of the younger pitching that you have in your organization. You try to build up a couple of those guys the next three or four years. I mean, that's... So that maybe when they come up, all see we do we're gonna be doing the same thing year in and year out. Because if you trade Mankata and Benatendi, guess what's gonna happen? The Red Sox are gonna have another list of prospects, of top prospects that people don't want to get rid of. And what I think people have done is, and this is no knock on Mankata, 
This is no knock on Benatendi. But I think we have praised Mankata and Benatendi so much that we, in the process, have knocked, or at least um, we have taken down Chris Sale's value to a team. Like, we're forgetting how good Chris Sale is as we pump up the Red Sox prospect and their farm system. That's what we're doing. And I think that's that should be... That's ass-backwards. That would be an ass-backwards way to run your organization. Because you should be valuing... If you're the Red Sox and you need pitching, you should be trying to value pitching. And if you look around the league and value pitching and you wrote up a list of guys and your top three in the in all of baseball who, who could be available and are available, Chris Sale might be number one on the list. But I think we pump up Mankata, Benetini, and the prospects so much that I think we forget that, how good Chris Sale actually is. I, I just, to me, go get him. Go get him. And if they don't want that package of Mankata, Benetini, then, then you say, fine, see you later. We'll keep him. Maybe we'll try to trade him in the offseason for someone else. Maybe we'll talk with Miami about Jose Fernandez. Who knows? But, uh... What I think a Chris Sale acquisition or something along those lines of that type of dominant pitcher, what it could do is, I think it could take some pressure off of someone like David Price and maybe he can perform to the level we know he's capable of. And then if that's happening, guess guess what else? There's no more pressure on Eddie Rodriguez. And right now I feel like Rodriguez is still feeling some pressure. There's no pressure on him anymore. Same thing with Drew Pomerantz. You know, I've said this. If you want to take Rick Porcello or Stephen Wright and you want to trade one of them right now for a prospect or two, I'd entertain that as well. I would. I'd entertain that. Dombrowski traded Porcello to the Red Sox. Okay? To the Red Sox. And uh, then the Red Sox signed Porcello to a contract that gives him $20 million a season. Dombrowski didn't do that. So are you telling me Porcello is a Dombrowski guy? It doesn't look like it. And if you're Dombrowski, you've made these types of moves before. You have traded prospects for the short thing, but you've also traded major league talent for prospects. He's gone both ways. Uh, There's some time here. It's Thursday afternoon. The trade deadline's Monday. You got all weekend to be creative. Get creative. Okay? Dombrowski's got balls. I expect him to at least try to be creative. And there are reports today that the Red Sox are only looking at small names. What does that do? Like, what? Why? Don't look at small names. What is it? If you're going to go after small name players, don't even go after anyone. Leave it, leave it as it is. Right? But if you do want to target the big names like a Chris Sale, I don't rule out maybe a move, another move first. How about a roster player? For some prospects. I don't rule something like that out either. In fact, I'd be thrilled to I'd be thrilled to see that type of mindset. Because that's how you get creative. And maybe that's how you get a couple more prospects. And you know what? Maybe you find a couple prospects you really like. And you trade Mankata and you trade Ben Attendee, You get the dominant stud, MLB proven stud and pitching Chris Sale. And in the process, maybe you do trade someone like Pocello. I don't know, package Pocello and Sandy Leone, and and maybe you add, who knows, you add Swihart to the mix? Maybe you could get a decent, maybe you get a pretty good prospect for that. 
And wouldn't that soften the blow of the prospects you lose with someone like Chris Sale? I mean, you need to open up a spot in the rotation anyways. Hey, something to think of. And if I'm thinking of it, it's crossed Dave Dombrowski's mind too. Because I'm telling you right now, Pocello's not a Dombrowski guy. And is Pocello's trade value going to get any higher? It's, it's, I don't think so. No, um, he, look, Pocello's not going to get you a Mankata-type prospect, but maybe there's a package out there and a team that needs a starting pitcher that would be willing to make some type of deal and give up something pretty good to the Red Sox there. I, I don't rule it out. I do not rule it out. But if there's anything the Red Sox should try to do between now and Monday, I still think contact the White Sox, Mankata, Benatendi, let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. And you've got a 27-year-old stud starting pitcher who's under contract, who you're going to have for the for the for, you know for the foreseeable future, at least through you got him 2006 this season, 17, 18, 2019. All right, you got him for at least three and a half seasons, and you got the money to re-sign him if you want him. Okay, um, or maybe you don't. Maybe you just take the three and a half seasons, and he's motivated to get the big contract and. And, and you just take advantage of that. I'd be all for that, which means you got a chance to be a cha- championship contender here for the next three and a half seasons, like a legitimate championship contender. And that's what I want to see. That's what you should want to see too. Because if they keep the prospects, they bring them up, you know what we're going to do next year? We're going to ask who can pitch. That's what we're going to do. Where are you going to get a stud starting pitcher? Where are you going to get them? And even if Price does turn it around, you need another. All right? You need another starting pitcher. So, um, that's where we stand right now. That's what we got. What do we got going on outside here? We got a little youth group, people talking. I See, I keep the door cracked because I got this air conditioner here. And, uh, you know, it's just not, but I'm picking up sound from outside. So, that's not good. So, we're going to wrap up the show because sometimes, sometimes things happen in here that just people just don't think. Right? Like, I just, I, I asked, so what am I doing this? A half hour? An hour? Now everyone's looking in here? Well, I can hear everybody talking outside. So we're, we're going to have to cut this thing short because the door's open. Um, but I have the air conditioner blasting because it's just too fucking hot in here. It really is. It's too hot. It's like 95 degrees again. I'd rather have 95 degrees than snow. But at the same time, it just get. I have to blast this AC. I didn't do it the other day and I almost died. I almost died. I did. It, it almost happened. It got so hot. I, melt, I, I lose 10 pounds a day in this fucking studio. So I got to wrap it up. Uh, the Red Sox tonight, David Price, Jared Weaver, late start in LA. I will break it down on tomorrow's podcast. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. I am out. Talk to you tomorrow.